I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Sonny Engsig, Chief Evangelist of LeapWork. Before we go any further, I'm going to ask you what a Chief Evangelist is. <laughs> well, it's a cool title, obviously. <laughs> My job in the organization, so I have two main tasks, so, and let's focus on the one evangelizing. So, so driving the product, that's part one. Part two is then talking to our clients, talking to stakeholders, uh, conferences, and sharing our specific approach on automation and how, because we do have, you know, technology and product aside, our approach of being very, very targeted at the business driven and the business knowing users is what I think sets us a bit apart compared to so many of the other good options out there. And obviously that takes a little explanation to do. And that's, that's what I try to do. Okay, well, let's move on from what an evangelist is in this instance to what it is you're evangelizing. And we're talking specifically about the role of no code in ensuring software quality and compliance. Compliance, of course, a very big issue in financial services. But can we start with the software quality side of things? No code, to to my mind, means that somebody like me who is not an expert in IT and computing can actually do something without needing an IT department to do it for me. Exactly. So understanding that we have, especially when when you go into these banks, these organizations, uh, you know, working with IT, working with delivering software and capabilities, you will find a majority of the people there supporting this particular activity are, you know, very well versed into the business side of things, understanding the processes that they need to ensure, the quality of them, how the software is supposed to be supporting that. You know, they have all of that nailed down. Obviously, they can't do any coding, um, but then we want to put them in a position where they can utilize that business insight, if you will, and convert that into automation. That is opposed to more conventional approaches where you would as you were also hinting at, do the traditional thing of telling a developer, you know, what would you like to do, which has its traits, but it's in in modern days, uh, ways of wanting to deliver software. I'm talking about speed and cadence without compromising on quality. This is becoming a problem for most organizations. It is a huge problem because speed is of the essence. If I'm in the business side of the bank, let's say, I want to launch a new product and I want to do it, well, you know, let's be gentle. I want to do it this month, not next year. Exactly. Even though that at least all the banks and financial institutions that we're talking to are working very well and hard on transforming into that agile way of delivering software. In many of these organizations, the testing effort, the QA side of things remains what I like to call a manual stronghold. So even though that we are seeing the ability to build and, and, you know, essentially deploy faster, getting it the last step, the last mile, if you will, into the hands of the users remains a time-consuming challenge for them. And it becomes, it turns into a discrepancy inside of the organizations because they can obviously see the the, the traction obtained within building the software itself. And then frustration grows when, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a month. It's, it's closer to a year, regardless. One of the stumbling blocks, and this is the other issue we're, we're here to talk about, is compliance. But that's all going to be under the bonnet. If I've got a no-code environment in front of me, I'm not seeing the compliance steps because they should be built into that, surely. I agree. 
it's certainly the prevailing angle and an understanding of, of what this means, how you know you usually achieve these things. I was on a conference last week only with a representative of a, of a larger Scandinavian bank working in, in their fraud management division. And we, we had a good discussion and talking about essentially this. So having the order of the bonnet things, all of those complex functions and, and individual features to you know highly advanced software packages and saying, surely these are the ones to guarantee these things. The problem is in many of these organizations at the end of the day, Many of the actions and activities taken as part of this, uh, in this case, fraud insuring and fraud management, is a business-driven process. It's a it's a user-driven process. At the end of the day, when all that's up, there's a user operating a system somewhere, and the traditional approach, being driven by that under the bonnet thinking, means that you will be successfully able to check out the individual components individually, and say, well, for instance, this batch run. Yeah, it executed and it did deliver data and they do look correct. And so each of the individual atomic parts, if you will, of these very long and complex processes, you know, think KYC and similar. So while they may individually check out, what they experience in these situations is that the end process is not. And so, so what we're trying to argue in this situation is not to say do things differently necessarily. It's to say add this into it. Because at the end of the day, you know, the chain, not to use too much of a cliche, the chain's never stronger than the, than the weakest link. And what we see certainly is that these IT-driven organizations tends to forget that side of things that has to do with once all these systems checked out and are now deployed into operation, what then happens when they're being put into these highly complex processes and interacts uh, with the outside world, with all the business rules and all of those things that, you know, reality hits, if you will then what happens? And that's what we want to incorporate into this discussion when we talk about compliance and regulation. There is just one minor additional point that I'd make here, and that is the fact that it's a dynamic environment for Mm. compliance. It's constantly changing. It's constantly, in fact, getting more complex. Which to me only exacerbates the point that you need to get the business users in there because they are the ones understanding, right, this was as is, this is to be, this is the compliance requirements driving that change. And so being able to, you know, take that insight and knowledge and understanding and put that straight into testing, really, and to say whatever it is that's being changed on the under the bonnet level, if you will, or towards the application facing the users, then, you know, how can we accelerate those last activities and testing those to the furthest possible extent. And to me, it's a logical thing that you put those users into that position where they can support you in that swift change which is required. When you're talking about users, you're talking about the the people who would be using the no-code application itself. No, really, I'm talking about the users who are proficient and savvy in the, let's call them the banking applications, of which, of course, there are, if not hundreds and thousands in many of these organizations. Some of these systems, you know, jumping back and forth between each other. When you look at it from a business process perspective, when you need, when you look at it from a what's the totality of this particular activity that I'm doing here. So, so the, the users I'm talking about are the ones savvy and skilled into driving the business process in the bank's own business supporting systems. And then when you get to the point of ensuring the quality and the validity of whatever is being done through these processes then let's put those also in that position where they can, using a framework such as our own, 
convert that into automation, not for the sake of production purposes, RPA, but really as part of this validation and quality assurance process. Okay, so in that case, what I'm hearing is this is this is the bit of the swan that's pedaling madly underwater while the no-code user is sailing serenely on top of it. <laughs> I'm not sure serenely is the is the entire you know the entirely proper word for this. Uh, because obviously going into that domain of, of speed and acceleration, in fact, what we do see is that these users are instead becoming a full-fledged part of that delivery pipeline with all the associated impact of that. And obviously, if you step into, a, into an agile-driven pipeline, then you know you have your, your work cut out for it. So Serene's probably not it. I think it's more a question of saying, we want to we want to have these users and we want them to utilize and exploit that insight that they have, which in many cases, if you're a business operator, if you're a business analyst, you know, even over years, you know, let's let's put that into play. When we talk about automated QA and, and systems verification, again, stressing, I'm not saying do things completely differently because you can't do just with the one, so uh, functionally driven testing. I'm just saying you have an opportunity to, to drive the last mile, you could say, of the process assurance, which I think at the end of the day is what we're striving for. That might be what you're striving for, but it's, it's still part of the journey. The journey gets you to the point where somebody in the bank can say, we should have a product like X with A, B, and C features. Let's make it happen. And you can do that in a speedy efficient and compliant manner without having to wait a year to 18 months to get it across the line. Correct. And without compromising on quality. Absolutely. So how do we get there from here? When we start having that conversation of, right, let's put automation into play, then we have that sort of instinctive reaction to somebody who's head of something will look at a a core of developers and say, right, let's build something application-like that will do this verification effort for us as opposed to reaching out to the, as I call them, business-savvy users and start working on, since they're experienced in QA, since they're experienced in doing testing, how about we have a chat with them instead and give them a tool that wants to talk business language as opposed to when you, typically when you automate an application, if it's from a technical perspective, you know, we're talking objects, we're talking IDs, we're talking floats and strings and what have you, which the business users are not really, you know, it doesn't ring in. Um, so rather, you know, talk about business processes and have automation coming out of that. So essentially creating a language for them that will allow them to express the actions that needs to be taken as part of, of automating a business process, which is not coming out of the need of automating. It's coming out of the need of validating a business activity. So long story short, put these people in a seat where they can take that language and that insight into business and convert it into automation. And then what you said, let's get that conversation going. For me, that's about also engaging on the business side of things and starting to put some requirements in saying, whatever solution it is that we're looking for for this particular problem, it needs to be a situation where my business users is part of the equation. And that might sound trivial, but especially within automation, the first port of call when validating these solutions typically goes to the developers. And, and obviously, their interests will be different uh, in that respect. Not saying they don't have the interests of the organization at heart, but their approach will be different, of course. 
Sonia Ensig, Chief Evangelist of LeapWork, thank you very much.